0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, May 29th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, On today's show, we've got some basketball news to talk about. Uh, Joey Hauser makes it official, as we kind of thought he might. We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll also talk about, uh, you know, scholarship spaces and different things like that. Michigan State's roster is uh, set here pending any uh, unforeseen news, which I don't think we're going to get. have no indications, and I, I'm sure we would have heard something uh, by now. So the roster is pretty set for next season. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and then we'll talk about some future stuff too as well, looking at you know what Hauser's edition means for the 2020 team and then sort of moving forward from there in terms of what the roster might start to look like and different things we'll start seeing. In uh, recruiting and different things like that. And I also want to spend some time talking about some news out of Ann Arbor, uh, because, again, this is something that, you know, directly impacts Michigan State and their ability to win a Big Ten championship and be the, the dominant basketball program in the state. Uh, and that's news that looks like Luke Jokic, uh is going to be headed out the door uh of ann arbor going to uh texas Uh, luke Luke Yaklich. i always forget the second l there luke Yaklich. um so we'll talk about that uh as well i think it's an underrated uh thing so that needs to be addressed um reminder rate review subscribe to the show if you don't do that already subscribing is the easiest way to get this show on your phone every single day uh and if you haven't and would like to do so head over to itunes leave us a five-star review Five-star rating, leave a review as well. I always appreciate those. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. And if you want to be on the show in the future, uh, June, July, we're going to be bringing in listeners of the show to do segments with me. It's going to be really fun. I've got, I think, five or six of them already lined up right now. So if you want to do that as well, uh, you can DM me on Twitter uh, or email locked on Spartans. At gmail.com, send me a quick pitch what you would talk about. Uh, if you were co hosting a segment with me, just think of it you know, you get 10 minutes or so, what you want to talk about. We'll sort of uh, formulate. I've been getting a lot of like really big ideas, <laughs> which I really appreciate. I love the passion and love that you guys are fired up about doing this, but I've been getting a lot of really big, long pitches, which is totally fine. I read through them all uh, and then I respond like, let's narrow the focus here, which is something. Um, If you are someone who um, does any sort of editing for anybody in any sort of field, whether it was back at school or as a job or anything like that, you know that's always, always, always a thing. Um, Let's narrow the focus here. Let's pick one, two, three things here to really focus on. But I've been getting a kick out of that because all of them are really long, but... Uh, You know, send me those pitches. We'll narrow the focus, if you will, uh, and decide, you know, what we're going to talk about. And then from there, we'll lock in a time uh, and day to record and uh, get that show on the air. So definitely looking forward to doing that. And if you want to uh, join in on that, like I said, DM me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter 1L2 underscores or email the show Spartans at gmail.com. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. All right, let's talk about Joey Hauser. Okay, so uh, we talked about this yesterday. We were expecting over the weekend some news that, uh, well, we weren't expecting the news. We got some unexpected news over the weekend that Joey Hauser was uh, not going to be going to Wisconsin with his brother Sam. That he was actually going to end up at Michigan State, and Sam was going to go to Virginia. Had been long been speculated, reported that uh, Wisconsin was a favorite for these two. They ended up not being a package deal, and Michigan State on Tuesday uh, secured the commitment of Joey Hauser. So Hauser, 6'9", uh, nine swingman, power forward, stretch four type uh, player, uh, big strong player. Um, he's really like if you have watched him play at all, or just see him, like he is a physical strong guy. Uh, with uh, plenty of finesse to his game as well. He's a really good, versatile player. Uh, and I think it's going to be a really great addition to this program. But it was uh, all big East freshman team, like nine points, six rebounds, shooting right around 43% from the perimeter. Uh, that's a guy you can definitely use uh, and, and will find space for uh, when he is eligible in 2020. So here's sort of how it shakes out with him in terms of being on the team. So he is right now what they're referring to is a sit-one-year-play-two uh, guy. He redshirted uh, his first year at Marquette. He got hurt his senior year in high school uh, with a pretty bad injury and then left high school early to enroll in Marquette to start sort of the, the process of you know a more professional rehab with an experienced medical team that you would get at a Big East basketball school, right? So he did that. He enrolled early at Marquette uh, and then redshirted his entire freshman year. Uh, And then, you know, was a redshirt freshman this past season. So he technically has already used his redshirt year and that can't be used for his sit out transfer year. So when he is, uh, you know, eligible in 2020, he will not have three years of eligibility. He will only have two. But should the situation arise that Joey Hauser wants to stay at Michigan State for a third year? Um, or third playing year, I guess it would be his fourth year at Michigan State. Um, he could apply for and would be granted an additional year of eligibility because, uh, as we know, you get a redshirt year and then you get a medical redshirt year, uh, and in most cases, right. Um, and so, since he missed with an injury, rehabbing an injury as freshman year, that is right now redshirt year, but that could be uh, retroactively a medical redshirt year, and he would be granted a sixth year of eligibility under, a, you know, a red shirt year, uh, if you will. So that would sort of apply a medical red shirt to his freshman year at Marquette. It would apply a traditional red shirt to the year he's sitting out here uh, at Michigan State, and then he would have three years. So he would, if he's going to apply for that, would be a red shirt, like a double red shirt sophomore in 2020 when he plays for Michigan State. So that uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, if he you know comes to Michigan State, has a great season uh, you know, you know, uh, he could potentially be an NBA type guy. We'll see. I mean, that's kind of a long way off for him, not out of the realm of possibility, given his talent and his profile, his skill set, and how it fits to the modern NBA. He's certainly a guy that could, uh, you could see on an NBA team in the future. Uh, but as of right now, you know, he's just got the two years of eligibility at Michigan state and I'm sure they're kind of, you know, the plan is to sort of play it by ear right if it's in his benefit in the school's benefit to keep him around for a third year and he wants to do it and they want to keep him for that extra year uh they'll be able to do that but that may be something where it's not even you know a situation kind of the same reason they don't red shirt really highly <laughs> recruited guys in football things like that because they're only going to be there for three years and then they're gone you know you expect it josh langford could in theory maybe apply for a medical redshirt we would have to see how that played out because he was over the limit last year but the plan is for him to have a great senior season here and then be on his way uh, and not have to take that medical redshirt year but with Langford in theory that is something he could potentially apply for but that's not how they're planning it if that makes sense so uh, right now the plan is for Joey Hauser to sit out Uh, play 2020 uh, into 2021, play the year after that, and then be on his way to a professional basketball career. Um, So how does this sort of impact the team next year? Well, the roster is set. There won't be any additional players, um, you know, on this team. This is, uh, it's something that, you know, Dante was a guy who they uh, are recruiting now a five-star center who could potentially reclassify if he really wants to come to Michigan State. Uh, there won't be a scholarship available for him to reclassify into this class this year. So he would have to wait, finish out high school, kind of on the normal path, and then come to Michigan State as a freshman next year uh, and be a freshman in 2020 if that's what he wants to do. Um, I haven't seen sort of much in the terms of update since he was offered by Michigan State. So that's just sort of, you know, how that's playing out. There are any other freshmen from the, this class that Michigan State might have been considering You know, that stuff's all out the window now. Kerry Blackshear uh, wasn't, you know, going to come to Michigan State. They were kind of way on the outside with him in terms of his pecking order. Like, you know, NBA staying at Virginia Tech, going to Texas A&M are sort of the three picks for him. And, you know, Kentucky, I think, is in on him. North Carolina, maybe Kansas are in on him as well. Michigan State was not uh, really in play for Kerry Blackshear. But even if they were, uh, that'd be off the table now with Hauser filling up that last scholarship spot for this season. So in some ways with a team that is expected to be preseason number one, two, or three, that kind of, you know, it hurts a little bit to have a scholarship going to a player who you know can't contribute to the team next year. But I think there will be enough depth as it is. It's going to be hard enough for guys to see, you know, playing time uh, in theory. Should the injury bug stay away to a certain extent, uh, I don't see this being an issue of depth for Michigan State. I don't see them running into a situation where, like, you know, they're having to play a walk-on or like a Julius Marble type uh, extended minutes, you know, back of the bench type guy because they just don't have enough talented scholarship players. That's the opposite of what the situation is uh, here. So that's that's good. If there's a team in America that can really afford to have a scholarship go into a guy who's going to be sitting out for sure for the year, uh, Michigan State. You know, it's definitely that team, and I wouldn't anticipate any uh, like long term side effects, negative side effects from that. And the upside is so huge with a guy like Hauser and his talent and his ability and what he's shown and how he fits at Michigan State that it's obviously something that is well worth uh, sacrificing that year uh, of scholarship on the bench. And this also, not that it really was in question, but 100% locks in that Nick Ward's career at Michigan State is done. Uh, you know, the deadline is actually today. I think for players to yeah, the deadline is today for players to withdraw from the NBA draft, fire their agents if they've hired one and return to college if they want to do that. Not that we had any indication that Nick was going to do that, but this is, you know, just a 100% confirmation that he will not be returning to Michigan State uh, unless he wants to be off scholarship and I don't think uh that's going to be what happens given that he is leaving early so he can go make money. I don't think he wants to spend a bunch of money to stay in college. If he wanted to stay in college, he could have done it for free. So uh, you know, just a small little detail there, but we're sort of, you know, just tying up all the loose ends. This last few weeks, there's been a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty with transfers and scholarship spots and recruiting. And you're like, okay, I kind of just want to get to the point where we know what's going to happen. Well now we're at that point. Michigan State scholarship roster is uh, completely set, barring anything crazy and unforeseen, uh, this is the team they're going to go into next season with. All right, let's take a break right there. When we get back, we'll talk about uh, you know this team in the future and looking a little bit more at this Joey Hauser situation and how things will shake out uh, here in the future. Uh, some interesting stuff to talk about in terms of depth and, and things like that. You can get Locked on Spartans on the brand-new podcasting app Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. The Himalaya Podcast podcast app, excuse me, is totally free, super easy to use, and has all of your favorite podcasts just like Locked on Spartans. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's uh, let's talk about this uh, Joey Hauser news from a slightly different angle. Uh, I want to talk about just uh this is something that uh we're writing about, I'm not writing about, but at Spartanswire. Remember Spartanswire.usa today dot com. Uh if you want to check this out, it's up there now. Uh from Andrew Brewster, who uh is the managing editor of the site. Um uh, but it's just how absolutely loaded the front court will be in twenty twenty. Uh and you know, it's already a loaded roster and with Cassius leaving at the end of this year, Langford theoretically 99.9 percent out the door, and then Kyle Barnes out the door as well. Uh, Michigan State's not going to be losing much in the front court after the season, uh, and when you add a guy in like Hauser, who can play, you know, some small forward as well, but I think we'll see most of his minutes primarily at the four. Uh, and if they go small, you know, could play five. He's big enough to play five in a more like versatile switching type lineup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can end up pairing with Xavier Tillman uh, in sort of that. Really versatile lineup, but that's, you know, that's off in the future. But this team is going to be absolutely loaded at the front court uh, in 2020. Like all their scholarship spots uh, are going to be dedicated to that right now. I'm sure we'll see how recruiting sort of shakes out. We'll, we'll know more, uh, you know, once next season is over and how things stand and who's going to the NBA and stuff like that. Like Xavier Tillman might have a great season, show this incredible range, take even more steps on the defensive end, and just become. One of the better defenders in the conference added to his game offensively. um, And he's an athletic enough guy that he can play some four uh, in the NBA. And if he, you know, adds consistent range and can shoot like 39, 40, 38, somewhere in there, percent from three, which I think he has the shot to do. It's just a matter of doing it more and more and having it be a legitimate weapon that he can consistently rely upon. I could see him, you know, going to the NBA if he has, you know, a, a great. Uh, junior season here. So, like w- along with Hauser, you've got Marcus Bingham Jr and Gabe Brown uh sort of at the four there and Bingham, you know, at Bingham I guess you you could project into center as well, although he seems, you know, it's it's tough because uh we're becoming more and more positionless right now and and that's certainly good to have versatile guys like Gabe Brown can slide over to the 3 and Bingham can slide to the 5, but I would say, you know, they're most they're both most likely going to be kind of a four-ish type things, and we'll see who uh, could be, you know, potentially playing center alongside Bingham. That'll matter. And his development's another thing too. Like he's another guy that has this unicorn-type frame and skill set, and if he can start to put it all together and add um, some muscle to his frame and show a really versatile game, uh, block shots like at the same rate, like he's going to have a crazy shot block rate next year, I think. And if he can consistently hit from three, play good defense, and be an offensive weapon. He's another guy who could start looking uh, towards the NBA with a great season. He's kind of a huge wild card right now. But alongside then, you've got Thomas Kithier as well, who's going to be a uh, you know a four-year guy playing center, power forward type. That's going to be there. Uh, then you add Malik Hall uh, and Julius Marble, who are both uh, power forward types, have some range. Uh, again, this is a consistent theme here. Versatile. Versatility and range from the outside. Um, and we'll see, you know, we don't know how they're certainly gonna, gonna pan out as well. Um, and then, you know, even Aaron Henry, who is a primarily a wing can play some power forward as well. He's big enough to play there. Like it's an absolutely loaded from like the three to five in there, that sort of small forward swing man center type range, like Michigan state's going to have the best front court in the country uh, in two seasons, if Xavier Tillman stays, if Marcus Bingham's a good player, uh, and he's still around, you know, uh, we'll, and and that's not even considering how good Malik Hall and Julius Marble could end up being, uh, if they're both good players, like just, you know, just run it real quick, run through it again. Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, Xavier Tillman, Marcus Bingham Jr., Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, Thomas Kithier, Julius Marble, um, those are the primary guys that are going to be eating up those sort of minutes. That's a lot. That's an entire roster uh, worth of starter level players, and you're not even considering the point guard or the two guard at that situation. <laughs> like Michigan State is going to be so talented and so loaded in that front court, it's going to be impossible for guys to find minutes. Um, and we'll see how things shake out. You know, if Tillman leaves early, they'll probably add a recruit. And if you're, you know, just think about it, the number one team in the country have a great chance to make another Final Four, win the conference, potential national championship season. You know, you put together that type of season, and with three scholarship spots opening up, uh, you would think, you know, they'd have a good shot to land somebody. Pretty highly regarded. Um, You know, they're going to add some backcourt guys as well for sure. Um, but there could be a front court player coming in as well. Who knows? I would think it'd be most likely a wing. Uh, We'll see. Maybe a two. But um, yeah, it it could get even deeper uh, with potential players coming in in the front court, and that's just like, it's like making me drool almost just like thinking about it. Like somehow given all the hype going into this next season and the huge expectations, like Michigan State is just absolutely poised to be so dominant for the next few seasons here, depending on guys leaving for the NBA and development and things like that. But you just, I don't know, apply the average development and attrition and, and things like that, that you would expect from the the Michigan State program. And they have a chance to just be so loaded. Uh, maybe not more than this season coming up, but it could. I could see them being a team that you know, goes to the Final Four, wins a national championship this season, and then is somehow preseason number one for next year. Like, they're just, it's almost like that little run that Villanova went on and just sort of finished up with, where they win a national championship, are really great the next year as well, and then win the national championship again. Like, they just have a really good group in there, and it's like a huge backlog of talent, and guys are, you know, it's impossible to get minutes, and then you end up with someone coming off the bench. Uh, in the national championship game, who's your sixth man get drafted at like 17 overall or whatever? Um, Dante Vincenzo was uh, for them. Like, I forget how loaded those Villanova teams were, but I think Michigan State is really poised to do that. And just when you sort of see all the names laid out like that, uh, and all the talent they have, and you look at the scholarship sh- scholarship chart, you're like, holy crap! Like this team is great. They were great last year. They're great. They're going to be great this year coming up, and they're going to be great looking into the future as well. It's like, it's a really good time, uh, maybe as good a time as any to be a Michigan State basketball fan. All right, let's break right there for segment two. When we get back, we'll talk about Luke Yaklich uh, leaving the University of Michigan. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Spartans in the New Himalaya Podcast App. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need the free Himalaya podcast app with our personally curated playlists and themed collection of shows. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked On Spartans. Let's finish up talking about Michigan basketball. So, uh, obviously, John Beeline leaving the University of Michigan was a huge hit to them and their program and where they're at and their national standing but something happened uh, yesterday late in the evening that I think could have not the same impact but have a really significant impact and is uh, a, a just another hit for them like they keep taking L's in that department and that is uh, reported by CBS's John Rothstein this is March um, I always feel like I just have to say this is March after I say his name. Um, he's reporting that Shaka Smart uh, is expected to lure Luke Yaklich away from the University of Michigan and uh, you know hire him as a top assistant and defensive coordinator at Texas. So, like you know, t- assistants and things like that being hired away in college basketball is not something we pay a ton of attention to, but I think with Michigan State fans, there's a really easy way to sort of visualize this and the impact. Uh, it'll have it's it's kind of like when Pat Narduzzi got hired away to go be the head coach at Pitt Uh, it's sort of that feeling I think Joklich has had that much of an impact and you know I think it's even worse because Michigan's going through an entire regime change with a brand new head coach with no coaching experience it would have been great for him to be able to retain his assistant and that doesn't seem to be the case. Understandably, Yaklich uh, probably not thrilled that he was uh, passed over to be head coach uh, for a legacy, uh, you know, legacy hire who has no head coaching experience. That probably set him off a little bit, understandably, and so he's out the door. But with the regime changing over and things like that, uh, it would have been key for Michigan to be able to retain him and and. I don't know what they did or if they tried to offer him a raise or if it was just a done deal and he was out of there. Um, but losing him is a definite loss for Michigan. Uh, their defenses here, I'm pulling this up right now, uh, Michigan's defenses took huge, huge, huge strides forward. Yaklich uh, has been their de the last two seasons, and I'll just start in like 2011. Um, so... You know when Michigan started to get good at basketball under beeline, it took you know a little bit of time for them to get the everything going in the right direction. But 37th in defense, uh, efficiency the next year, 56th, 37th, 89th, 100th, 92nd, 69th, and then they hire Yaklich, and it's third and second. Um, <laughs> they put together Um, And really, even before that, 2010, 58, 2009, 67, 2008, 129. um, And that was Beeline's first year, uh, or 2007, excuse me, 37th. Um, But still, uh, they put together a ton of bad, mediocre, whatever, you know, mediocre to slightly above average defenses. Never had a top 30 unit. Never had a defense you feared in any sort of way. Uh, during the entire run of B-Line, given all the winning they did and all the good things Michigan accomplished. Uh, they were never a good defensive team. They bring in Joklitch, uh and jump from 69th in defensive efficiency to third and second. Uh, those are massive leaps, and Michigan was incredible at defense last year, incredible at defense the year before. Uh, sort of became kind of the backbone of their teams the last couple of years because they had solid offenses, not great, 35th and 24th, you know, good offenses, very good offenses, but not, you know, elite top 10 level that you kind of need in college basketball to be a team that if if you're going to have a defense in the 30s, you need to have a top five, top seven offense to be able to be competing for a final four and things like that. And so Michigan really rode their defense to great success the last couple of seasons. And now that's out the door. Um, And given, you know, the trends that they had, the consistent, sort of mediocrity they had on the defensive side of the ball before Yaklich got there and the insane jump and the consistent two years they had with him there and, and really they they didn't turn over the whole roster or anything like that but they brought in some new guys and there's different personnel and things like that um they're just you know remarkably consistent in those two years and an elite elite best in the country second best in the country third best in the country defenses uh losing that's gonna hurt And, you know, Jawan Howard doesn't have any experience as a a head basketball coach. He's losing a number of assistants from last year's team. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was an entire new set of assistants that he brought in. Maybe they're able to retain some, but they lost the most important one already. And that's just going to make things uh, even harder on them. It's You know, given that, uh, you know, Matthew's gone, Poole's gone, looks like Brad Zekas, even though he's not getting great feedback in the draft process, is going to be gone. We'll see. Maybe we'll know by the time this is posted, but all indications are he's gone. Michigan's going to have a tough go of it in Juwan Howard's first year. A lot of turnover, a lot of lost talent, a lot of inexperience on the roster. you got a couple guys that are good players, but uh, it's going to be really hard for Michigan to score points next year. They're going to have some good defenders, but losing – you know, the architect of their great defenses is really going to hurt them. Uh, and, man, it just <laughs> uh, it, it just keeps adding up for them, and we'll see who they end up bringing on the staff. Maybe this is a moot point in a, in a few years. But right now, uh, just, you know, given the segment we just did, the segment I just did on Michigan State and what their future looks like and now transitioning to Michigan's, like, it is going to be a tough uphill road for Michigan State to really – Keep their footing as a top basketball program, uh, as a top contender in the Big Ten. Uh, And it's going to be hard for them to not get swallowed up by all this and end up being a mediocre Big Ten team, I think. And, uh, you know, if I were going to bet money on this, I would say Michigan finishes, I don't know, eighth, ninth in the conference, something like that, six to eight, somewhere in there. Uh, And we'll see with recruiting if uh, they're able to land some guys and sort of get things turned around quickly. But, like I said, when Howard was initially hired, uh, if it goes bad the first year and there's not improvement in the second year, that third year is going to be huge, um, and we may not even get to the point where he's even getting to recruit his son or Bronny James because they're freshmen in high school, and so he's got to make it to, to four years before he can uh, get those guys to come there and, and change the face of Michigan basketball. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, things don't look great, and they took a big hit with Yakic leaving. and I don't think it's something that's going to be talked about a ton. Um, but people in college basketball, people who know more about basketball than I do, uh, are saying this is a really significant move, and I think it's a huge loss uh, for Michigan to lose him uh, at this point. All right, that is it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Reminder to send in those pitches locked on Spartans at gmail.com at will underscore underscore hunter 1L2 underscores. If you want to pitch me there at a DM to be on the show uh, next month. Uh, So definitely do that. Rate, review, subscribe to the show. Download that free Himalaya podcast app. Thanks to Hotels.com for sponsoring today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Lockdown Spartans. Until then, go green.